Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, here they are, the Sports Bros. Hey, what's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the HOC, head of creative here at the Sports Bros Podcast. And uh, guess what? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. That's right. We got 46. 46 of things that was so close to the big number 50, 5-0. Almost there, fellas. Almost there. But along this journey known as the Sports Bros Podcast, I got my co-host, of course, the Almighty Be Live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? Just be your boy. Glad to be back in the building once again. Um, stay tuned for episode 50 because we got something very special brewed up for you. Working on the grind, staying at it, man. There's a lot to talk about because football ain't over, baby. Yes, sir. Not quite yet. And of course... The head supporter, the head cheerleader, if you will, of the XFL. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> the money man, Scotty D. Always and forever. Each moment with you is just like a dream to me that somehow came true. It's the week of love, boys. Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh, Valentine's Day. That's right. It is Valentine's oh, wow. week. And I am in a lovey-dovey oh, mood. Boy. It just happens that you guys were around. Just... I mean, so you didn't like to say. <laughs> no, 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 hold on, hold on. Okay, Eddie, cool. Help, help me out with this. Help me okay, out. all right, I'm helping. Um, I'm gonna take this all the way back to overtime. Okay. Have we ever heard the Money Man Scotty D sing? There's a few times that he got on stage and sang songs. I was. Yeah, you were too busy running your mouth there, B-Live, trying to hit on the ladies. You, you didn't pay any attention to me. I was putting on stellar performance after stellar performance. Oh, he was doing it. And uh, Yeah, you, you just you just I, missed. I, I, I must have missed it. I, I, will, I apologize. Yeah. I, that's what... Oh, I'm quite, I'm quite talented. I, I'm not, I wasn't saying that you weren't. I just, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I was like, he busting out with notes and everything. I'm like, I don't ever remember <laughs> hearing this talent on stage. Yeah. Oh, I'm very, very talented. You oh, man, it. we're so lucky to have you. We, uh, oh, yeah, you took you. the words right out of his mouth. See, it is a love fest. Here today. <laughs> it's a love fest. You took the words right out of his mouth. You said what he usually says. Oh, hell, what the hell is going on? <laughs> well, anyways, uh, as far as our listeners, we want to thank you for each weekend uh, and listening to us every chance you get, no matter where you listen to us. And I've been looking at the analytics and... The folks are listening. We are listening. They're, they're getting some ears are getting on the product. We greatly appreciate it. We love it for you because it's a podcast that's by the fan for the fans. It's by us to you. That's this is our Valentine's weekday offering, if you will. Speaking of offering, um, as we know, fellas, um, the Super Bowl was not too far away. But guess what? That's not the end of football because week one of the brand new. XFL kicked off this past Saturday. And the first slate of games 
were the Seattle Dragons at the D.C. Defenders. Uh, the Defenders take one from the Dragons, 31-19. And then the Houston Roughnecks, they have their way with the L.A. Wildcats. And Sunday's game, we got the Guardians, B-Labs, New York Guardians, defeats the Tampa Bay Vipers. And I think the slowest game of the week, that was 6-6 at halftime, the St. Louis Battlehawks defeats the Dallas Renegades. Is this a trick? Is this a trend now? Underperforming Dallas football team, Scotty D. Oh man, an unprovoked attack. What's going on? Shot fired. Love love fest has ended. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Unprovoked attack. Hey, hey, things happen. Hopefully, they get turned around. Um, Fellas, um, if you if have you, I'm pretty sure you've seen the games or seen bits and pieces of it. what do you think so far? Yes, it's only week one, and we're only, what, a handful, you know, one game into the season. Um, what are your initial thoughts so far? Thought number one, mm-hmm. I love the kickoffs. I love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, there are 10 guys on 10 guys waiting for the guy to catch the ball before they even move to engage. It just It looks like pandemonium, and I love it. I really do. What I didn't see, I didn't see any kickoff return. So I mean, it, it's bound to happen. But I think I think that is a new and fresh addition to it. I like the pace of the game. I like the change of the um, with the twenty-five second um, play clock instead of forty seconds. I like that. The one thing that I was on pins and needles and didn't get to see this weekend, I didn't get to see the double forward pass. They didn't see it either. I didn't see. I didn't see that trick play. So I was. I was hoping that it was going to come. The only trick play that um, and Eddie Cool, you posted it on our on Facebook page was the flea flicker triple option throwback show you like. <laughs> but flip flop and fly <laughs> wide right <Yeah>. go route. <laughs> but man, I I mean I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed the um commentary on the side like literally like right after the guy scores a touchdown they're, they're interviewing them right on the sideline you get to hear the play call from the um, head coach as it's coming in like I I want to go back and watch the games to start really diving into some of the play calls play call and everything because that's the one side of football I've never really dove into mm-hmm. outside of playing Madden and but just like how they um, remember the plays and everything like that, how they call it out and what every code word means and everything, I really want to dive into that and learn that a little bit more. So the XFL has that coming out of me. So I'm, I want to I want to learn more of the game. So I'm really excited about it. What you got, Scotty D? Uh, probably the novelty of it will wear off after a couple games. Uh, I, I thought – I agree with the kickoff thing. I thought that was a very interesting way to do it. The both teams kind of freeze and waiting to pounce on each other till the ball is caught. I, I I like that. I thought that was cool. I think the um, the extra point thing, you know, getting two or a point from the two yard line. What is it? Two from the mm. five and three from mm. the ten. Interesting. I I wouldn't like it in the NFL. This isn't the NFL, so uh, you know I think that's kind of cool. I guess, you know, I, I think listening to him talk to guys as the game is going on is going to get old, it, it may, especially if the players, are, you know, the season wears on and they're starting to grind down and they're, they're getting frustrated and the interviewers trying to talk to them while the game is going on. 
that's going to get old. Uh, it would ma- it makes me nervous hearing the play calls go in. I, you know, I'm like, aren't the other teams watching this too? Aren't they going to learn their their play calls? I don't know. A, a lot of interesting things. The football overall was competitive, but not great. I I think it was a curiosity thing. I think it's the kind of thing that if you're flipping through the channels and you see it, you might stick to it, but you're not going to go searching for it. Uh, just, I just don't think it's going to work long-term. I think they'll get probably two seasons out of it, but I, I can't see this being a, a long-term option for sports. God, you're such a hater. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I don't, I don't, but... Why won't you give this a chance at all? Like you, you, you went into this jaded. And everything you say about it is jaded, like you. Well, I no, I I I gave you no. some th- some things I thought that I liked, but yeah, you know, I, I don't you... like, I don't like watching Cardell Jones throw balls at dudes. Feet, twelve games, you know, that's I mean, twelve games. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's you, you got to figure there's there's fifty three man rosters plus practice squads on every NFL team. And there's thirty two teams. There's hundreds of players that are elite to fill out rosters and these guys aren't in those top couple hundred. So it's, I, I just don't, it's going to be inferior football as it goes on. And I just don't think it's going to work. I mean, I might be wrong and, and hopefully for these guys, they'll prove me wrong and they'll put out a, you know, a fun product, but I just, I just don't think people are going to make it a point to tune into XFL games. It's definitely marketed better than that other stupid league that was on last year that didn't even get to their own championship game. <laughs> Because I never knew when those games are on. So, you know, the XFL had a presence all weekend on network TV. That's cool. And I know they're taking this more serious in the first go around. I didn't see any he hate me kind of things on the backs of jerseys <laughs> or any stuff like that. But it's just it's just not the NFL. I mean, it's just well, that this, simple. And here's the thing. Here's like I think that's where your jadedness is coming from, is that you're saying that it's not the NFL. They're not trying to be the NFL. That was the mistake they made the first time. They were trying to make it. They were trying to create a product comparable to the NFL. This they, were product, try, they, were, they, were, they were trying to make a sports entertainment, but right. it's like, yeah. yeah you know but 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 you, but you know, you got you know, you got one coach that was like, "Look, I just want to coach football. The hell with all this other mess you got going on." Okay, I understand they're not trying to be the NFL, but th- that's why it's going to be rejected by the public when it when it comes down to it. Because others have tried to not be the NFL, the USFL, the World Football League, the World League of American Football, Arena Football, XFL before, the Alliance. That, that's, a, that's a list. That's not just like one other, uh, you know, one other organization tried to put a, a, you know, uh, a product out there. That's several. And, it's just, I, and none, of the, none of them work. The Arena League worked for a lot of years because they, they – paid their players like a hundred bucks a game and they could throw the ball and catch it off the net. And it was different. This is just not going to work. I just, it's just not. Be live. I didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead. What were you saying? No, I, I, I see where Scotty D thinks this is not going to work. And I get it. I get it for, and for a seasoned veteran of the sport, <coughs> Um, old school mentality, <laughs> as I would like to say. Of course, you would. You, nothing's going to match it. I, and I get it. I get it. I think that this has a chance, just because 
I just, I honestly just look, looking at the product, what I see, I think week two will be a telling tale because now there's going to be um, game film. I think it might have looked sloppy to most people because you really didn't even know what you were walking into when you were um, playing this game. You've never seen the teams perform together. You might have a little film on the quarterback's tendencies from when he played four or five years ago. When like, what, that, When's the last time you've seen Cardell Jones play? It's been a while. That's exactly my point. But, but the, the thing about this, now we've got now we've got again. Have you been clamoring to see Cardell Jones play the last couple of years? Have you been like, man, this NFL thing sucks because they can't get Cardell on the field? No, it's not the way it <laughs> Cardell. goes. Cardell. I just I like I like the fact that um Taylor Heineke is freaking in in the locker room after a win pounding Bud Light seltzers. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I think I think it's more fun. I think they're doing what the NFL refuses to do. The NFL is actually trying to catch up when it's because for the long time it's been the no fun league. I like I I like the I like the sideline commentary. I like I like I said, I, I think it. Well, I tell you what, every every week when we record the show, then you can tell me what you saw because I'm not watching that. Well, fine. Yeah, yeah. You're in. Tra- you're in charge of the XFL from here on in. I. You just. You just earned the position. <laughs> oh so boy! Jesus! You just. So you, <laughs> you just wrote it off. You know what, Eddie? Cool. You, you're the poll master. I want to see how many people think the same way as um Scotty D about the XFL. He just wrote it off and didn't even give it a chance. I know how they're going to feel. They're going to be intrigued the first couple weeks, and then they're going to say. Oh, college basketball is on. Oh, Major League Baseball is spring training. That, those on. are those are good. Yeah, that, those are good. Um, that stuff's gonna. Yeah, happen. Those, those those are good. Um, that I, I thought about the, that the other day too. I'm like, okay, well, you know, you got the remaining month of February, and then comes March Madness and the Masters. Exactly. And basket, yeah, college yeah. basketball. So I mean, it'll it'll be a um, it'll de- it'll definitely be a challenge. But for them being, you know. For them being being broadcast on, you know, Fox, Fox Sports One, ESPN, ESPN Two, and ABC, they got a fighting chance. It's not like you know the Alliance where it was like what CBS and, and NFL true. Network, where, where it was true. really you know pigeonholed because you know depending on what kind of um, cable package or whatever your you know cable provider is, you don't have the NFL Network, and then and then you know and then you know you like front wheel drive in the winter stuck. <laughs> You know, but but they also had this whole weekend to themselves, pretty no, much. Yeah. But you know what happened on Sunday afternoon? There was an XFL game on, and I put it on. And then when I was to see what else was happening, I saw the on on CBS is the golf tournament, the Pebble Beach Pro Am, and I flipped to that, and then I never went yeah. back. So. Yeah, because you're, you're jaded. That's why. <laughs> but no, but I, you, know you can what? call me whatever you want, but but I'm not watching. I'm it. Understandably so, and I'm okay with that. I watch enough for the both of us. I'm gonna try to admit. It. There you but go. Here's the thing. I w- I will actually agree with you because that was actually you made you made a very valid point because I fell into this as well at work because I had the game sound on Saturday for the two o'clock game, had the game sound on for the five o'clock game, but at six o'clock I had to switch the game sound because it was North Carolina yeah. and Duke. 
Yeah. So that that is a very valid point. They do have to fight March Madness. That is that is, that is a pretty big deal. And that was something I was actually I was looking at the schedule the other day, and I was like, why are the game times changing? Just because next week on Sunday it's three and six instead of two and five, and I was wondering why. Then then like there's some then there's like one time where it's a nine o'clock game, and then. Then they throw in some Thursdays at eight, and it's like this seems a little. Awful. Hey, that's them, buddy. They're unpredictable, always keeping us guessing. <laughs> I mean, well, in a nutshell, you know, I, I'm just excited to see you know some form of um, um, late winter spring football. But um, as you said, Scotty D, it's going to be a you know it's going it's going to be a tough task when you have March Madness and like I said, the Masters and all these other you know annual spring events coming about. And then also, like you said, B-Live, it gives us something different. You know, they said they're not being in the NFL. You got Tyler Heineke in the locker room pounding beers like it ain't nothing. Um, every, I mean, little, the little intricacies of the game, which makes it different. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I love me some football, and I love the fact that we get a, another football league. But then again, as Scotty D said, look at the list <laughs> of other um, of other football, you know, spring football leagues that tried and failed and well, let's just hope that this time around that um, the XFL has learned lessons from the previous incarnation of the XFL, the Alliance, and every other football league beforehand. You know, and then, you know, I'm just happy that a lot of these guys got a place to play instead of just sitting on the couch. Because earlier, was it la- late last year, the, the Arena League, they went belly up. And, um, it's sad. I, I'm sad. I, I just like I just like seeing these guys out here just having an opportunity to do what they love and love what they do to the best of their ability. I, I'm gonna say this, and then um, we'll um, um, try to move on. Whatever, Eddie Cool, please. <laughs> the XFL has one thing that all of those other other leagues that you listed didn't have. The Rock. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Don't call Steve Austin. The networks that they're on. You could see that ESPN, ABC, Fox, they were putting their they were putting their top name talents behind the product. It was the commentary, the analysts, everything. Like they it what it what it was it wasn't second tier. Mm -mm. The same guys that were Reporting NFL are now reporting XFL. I think that right there has the staying power. Like, like it, like it literally gives the NFL um, guys it gives them three more three more months of talking football, and you can see how they enjoyed it. You can see the passion behind Pat McAfee when he was talking about um, part part of the game and everything like that, and. I'm going to hold off on that because that's um, part of my pepper point. I'm about to spoil my own pepper point this week. Oh, so oh. with me. Eddie Cool. <laughs> Amtrak. The train. Yep. Grabbing this. I can't believe we just spent 20 minutes talking about the XFL. Yes, we did. Never again. Well, gu- well guess again. what? We won't spend another 20 minutes because, as we mentioned, college basketball, March Madness <laughs> is coming up soon. But first, Saturday night was a clash of ACC Titans. A clash of college basketball types, if you will. The rivalry, the tobacco road rivalry between the Tar Heels 
and the Blue Devils. Um, fellas, I'm not going to lie. I was watching the Houston and L.A. XFL game because it was the first time in forever I had a Saturday night off. I said, well, let me go ahead and just watch this before I just, you know, pull a Scotty D and just be like, <laughs> and say the hell with it. I said, let me give it a chance. So I gave it a chance to watch it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But when I tune over to ESPN to watch the ending of the of the, this uh, Tar Heel and Blue Devil game, man, look. So B-Live, help me out here. They said that Carolina had the lead for a good majority of the game. And to quote the almighty B-Live, hashtag what happened. Man, like I said, like, like you said, the last time Duke had the lead in that game, they were up four to three at the beginning of the game. Mm. North Carolina had a double-digit lead for the majority of the first half and the majority of the second half. And then in typical Roy Williams fashion, the wheels come falling off. And he does not, he does not know how to stop momentum ever. 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 Call a timeout. Something. But man, here's here's the beautiful thing about sports and rivalry. Clearly, Duke has the better team. North Carolina is struggling, and they're struggling bad. But when it comes to just heated rivalries in the Dean Dome, I'm telling you, Tar Heel Nation stood (laughs) up, was loud with it, and man, it was a it was a storybook game. The fact of the matter that going into this game, the last hundred games that Duke and North Carolina played each other, they were fifty wins, fifty losses, and they both had a combined total of seven thousand seven hundred and thirty four points. I'm gonna read that. Unreal. How evenly matched can a rivalry be? And then for it to go down like it did over time, buzzer beard, buzzer top. It's just unreal. Just it it was absolutely insane. I can't even talk about it the way I want to because I want you to see it. You've got to go back and just catch the highlights of that game. Nail biters. It was crazy. Just, it was wonderful. Beautiful. Well, if if you guys remember, we were texting during the game, Mm -hmm. and they were up, I think, eight points, and I texted, I think North Carolina is going to figure out a way to lose this game or something to that. Yeah, yeah, that was your exact words. Your exact words. Yeah, I I, I just had a feeling that they were going to they were going to figure out a way to cough it up just because they were not making free throws, that type of thing. But but even so, at the end of the of of regulation, I heard one must have been Jay Billis said, you know, Carolina was up three and uh, he said, I wonder if Roy Williams is going to foul here. He chose not to do that against Clemson earlier in the season, and it and it and it came back to haunt him. Well, he had his guys foul, but he had them. They fouled before they even brought the ball across half court. There were still four seconds left, and it, and the possession started with six seconds. I I that wasn't that wasn't coached up well enough. That they obviously because it gave Duke enough time to make a free throw 
get the intentional miss, still have time to dribble a couple times and get a shot off. Whereas if you take all you need to take maybe two more seconds off and that they wouldn't have had that opportunity, man. I, I, I hear you about Roy Williams. I've heard North Carolina fans tell me for years that this guy is not a great game day coach. He doesn't take the timeouts whenever they're necessary. When other teams are making runs that he, he doesn't have the, the skill to draw plays up. It's hard to believe that a guy that's, as successful as Roy Williams isn't that great of a coach. It doesn't have the skill set to or the wherewithal to make plays in the huddle to stop momentum or to you know draw up plays for his own guys. That, that seems hard to believe. But at this point, I, I watch Coach K and Jim Beheim, guys who are in their you know mid seventies, and they don't look like they're older and slowing down. And it looks like Roy Williams might be so. Uh, it might be a little bit early to to start the Roy Williams got to go, you know, mindset, but it, it might be time to start thinking about that if you're North Carolina. Be live. What you think? Oh, I 100% agree. Like North Carolina diehard North Carolina fans are not happy right now. No, they cannot be happy. They don't do moral victories at all. Like this is one of those things. Like this, if North Carolina would have won. That game right there, it might it it that right there would have basically erased half of the season. Yeah, that would have been important because they've had a lousy season. Mm-hmm. But if you can hang your hat on beating Duke, then that's still very important. And, and so what 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 needs to happen? This absolutely needs to happen, and it probably won't because you you saw it if you watched the game. You saw the ta- the talent that North Carolina has. They can compete with the best in the country. I have it's no there. doubt about that. But, man, it, it, look, it literally came down to coaching, and it, it's, it's sad. Do I think that North Carolina could shock the world and win the ACC tournament? I, I don't put that out of the realm of thinking. The ACC is especially loaded this year, and it's but it, it's in. Um, yeah, Clemson's there. Oh boy, Clemson's here we there. go. <laughs> See, no, Clemson is not there. They're in the ACC. Yeah, they're I in the ACC. They're in the ACC. Atlanta but I'm Coast talking about they're, in, they're, they're part in of that. contention, fool. Oh, oh. <laughs> Jesus, Lord. But they beat. But they've beat North Carolina yes, already. They beat North Carolina. In their building, which hasn't happened in like a hundred years or something like that. So there you go. So you know, it's just it's one of those seasons for North Carolina that things are just not going well, and I it would have I think it would have to happen again next year before a Roy Williams change would be made, unless he leaves on his own accord. You know, maybe he he's battling some things that we don't know about, and and he'll need to step down. But I don't the brass of North Carolina is not gonna they're not gonna dismiss Roy Williams based on one. Under one season being under five hundred, that there's no way that happens. I don't this guy's because I think Roy Williams might have wrote his own ticket when he said this is the least talented team he's ever coached. Oh yeah, he did that. Yeah, he did that. that was... <laughs> yeah, but but he he's got he's got trophies, so he, he's he's earned he's earned the right Let's to have a that, bad yeah. season. Yeah, you, you, you know, so you know points, guys, they're not they're not going to dismiss you know, him. I mean, he's still he's still Roy Williams. He can still recruit. He's still an okay coach. I never thought he was a great coach, but he's, you know, he's, like I said, he's, he's a championship coach. Top five wins so, all time. 
Yeah, so he's gonna he's gonna get. You're not gonna throw him out the door unless he starts putting his hands on people like Coach Knight. But Ooh. another story coming. But uh, he he's gonna he's not going anywhere unless he chooses to. And you know maybe next year if they have another another struggling season, then I I could see maybe the rumblings. But I, there's no way. I I don't think so. And I know the fans are starting to. You know, a little bit of a swelling of of support to get him out of there, but he's not going anywhere. Well, here's, right. here's the thing you mentioned earlier in the show about an unprovoked jab, but this one might actually be provoked. Um, you know who else had um, rings and trophies and championships and then ended up finding himself on the other side of the employment line? Um, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! I'm just saying. Ooh, that, yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Job. That's apples to oranges, though. Because <laughs> the, what do we have? Jerry Jones is in charge of the Tar Heels. Yeah, that's, he's not in charge of the Tar Heels. Yeah, but we get to say so. Uh, I'm over looking at the ACC standings. The bottom three teams are <laughs> North Carolina. They're not all the way last. They're um, second to last. North Carolina, Miami, and Wake Forest, and then the cream of the crop at the ACC. You got Louisville, Duke, and Florida State. Florida State has been looking real impressive as of late. And then you got everybody else in the middle of the pack, including the Syracuses, Notre Dames, NC State, Pittsburgh, Boston College, Virginia Tech, and Clemson. And that's where we're going to stop that at right now. How about those Pitt Panthers, though? They were winless in the ACC last year. Coach Capel's got the arrow pointing the right way. Yep, they are six and seven, six and seven in conference play. I'm currently cool. sitting at fifteen and nine. What's up? I'm so glad you said that. What? Bottom three in the ACC, North Carolina. Yeah. When has that ever, and I mean ever, happened? While while you guys were talking, I'm trying to figure like when has North Carolina been this. Bad, this uh, atrocious, it, it, garbage. I think this may have happened once this um this century. I because I remember I, I I can't remember the exact year, but I think there was one year that North Carolina didn't make the tournament. Yeah, I think when Matt Doherty was still coaching, uh, and, and that was right before. They hired Roy Williams to come in. That there. sounds about right. They, yeah, they, they had a they had a couple seasons. I'm going to say that was right around probably 2003, if I was to guess 2002 maybe. But um, the, even those teams though weren't at the bottom. They were just you know average you know subpar teams. They I, I'm willing to bet their record was probably still over 500 in the conference. But to be at the bottom of the conference, that's that's a New low for Target. Yeah, like I said, the bottom three there's if I can pull it up again, I said look at the um, My, second Miami. second from the last. Uh Wake Forest is the bottom, and then you got Miami, and then you have North Carolina. Yeah, Wake Forest is the Wake Forest is the the floor. Okay. <laughs> and then you got going up, you got Miami, and then you got North Carolina. Uh let's see, we got two, three, and tens in conference and three and nine. That's North Carolina in conference play. Uh yeah, them boys bad this year, man. They bad. <laughs> they bad. I mean, what, 23 games? I, like I said, I can't remember the last time, 23 games into this season, they've been this underwhelming at 10 and 13. I looked at the record. I was like, good God, what, what, what is this? Who are these guys? These are the Tar Heels yeah. I grew up with, 
and the Tar Heels, I know. What the hell? So, man, like, it just unreal. I Like, because I grew up watching North Carolina basketball. I really just took on the mantle of all things Clemson a few years ago just because I was catching a little bit of flack. Yeah, Paul Odom, I'm talking about you, sir. Oh, boy. Yeah, you want to talk trash because you can't, you can't root for two different teams in college. Man, you'd be surprised. But, man, um, because North Carolina was in the preseason top 25. I want to say they were in the top 10. Yeah, I believe they were. So, I mean, what a fall from grace. I just, I am, I am dumbfounded. Yeah, the, 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 I think after last night, man, that might be the, uh, the nail in the coffin per se, or the, bo- or the proverbial bottom falling out of the season for the Tar Heels of the University of North Carolina. Hey, don't forget, um, March will be coming up soon, and we got those sports bros bracket challenge for March Madness coming up. And guess what? The HOC will not be lollygagging, and he gonna do his brackets early. So I won't be on the outside looking in like, what y'all doing? I want to play you. Okay. All right. Nah, not going to have that happen again. See, you know, you know, got to get that first year rookie, you know, that rookie mess out your system. So next year when you come back, you're bigger, better, and better than ever. And that's it for the Carolina and Duke aftermath talk. And speaking of talking some more, UFC 247, Reyes, Jones, action-packed card. Scotty D, you watched most of it. I was on the struggle bus trying to stay awake. But um, any takeaways from UFC 247? Um, well, Valery Shevchenko is as good as anyone in the game right yes. now. Uh, yeah, she she's she's a full package when it comes to mixed martial arts. Uh, John Bones Jones, for the second fight in a row, did not dominate but squeaked out a win. It's funny how this guy was incredibly dominant early in his career, was just putting everybody away. And now this is, I think, three fights in a row that have gone the distance, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Each one a little bit less impressive than the one before. This fight, uh, if you watch the fight, it was pretty much across the board. He lost the first round, and he won rounds four and five. It's his middle couple rounds that there's a lot of gray area. He was slightly outstruck in both of those uh, he had some takedowns that seemed to negate that. The problem with his takedowns were that he was unable to hold Reyes down. He wasn't able to do any ground and pound. As soon as he got him down and tried to take his back, Reyes powered right back up. He looked Reyes looked very strong. Um, and I think I actually uh, messaged you guys before this fight that based on what I had seen and what other analysts were saying, you know, I'm not a UFC expert, but they said this Reyes could give Jones some problems because of his length and strength. And that, and that seemed to, to be the case. Jones conditioning is really what won this fight for him because down the stretch, um, Reyes couldn't, he, he couldn't score against Jones in the, in the last two rounds. But this is one of those ones that those, those, those second, third rounds, I could see if the judges saw it one way or the other, I, you know, it's it was there was just not a lot to say decisively that one guy was that much better than the other guy in those. Um, you know, I, I I'm still of the mindset, the old school boxing mindset, that you have to take it from the champion. If it's close, then you know you didn't beat the champ. You have to take his title from him. 
So it's definitely getting interesting with John Jones. The problem is that there's not a lot of contenders really in that light heavyweight division behind Reyes. So we may end up seeing this fight again. Um, it's just, you know, I, I don't know that Jones is, I don't know that he is not as effective as he was before or just the rest of the world is catching up to him. And whenever he fights, you're getting the absolute best possible effort from the, from the challenger. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what John Jones does going forward. He's talked about possibly taking some heavyweight fights. He, he's still the man. And until he gets knocked off, you know, you still have to consider him to be the best fighter of all time. It was just a, uh, a very competitive, fun fight to watch the other night, though. So, Rick first said it best, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And for the looks of it, man, um, like you said, these last two fights have had, uh, you know, Bones Jones on the ropes, but somehow, some way, he gets his hand raised at the end of the night, be it decision, knockout, judges not looking at scorecards or whatever's going on. I, uh, I remember I was up during one of the preliminary fights, and I forgot which one it was, and the commentator was like, the judge is not even looking at the fights. He's not even looking at the What is he doing? The judge is not looking at the fights. And I was like, what, what you doing? You know, looking at the fights like, what in the world? But, you know, I guess the judge decided to get their act together by the time these, um, by the time the main card came around. So let's see, who else? Well, there, there's some question about that, you know, that the, the, the judges overall had a poor night. Uh, I, I didn't see the preliminary one that you, you were talking about, but I did hear a lot of controversy about that. And then, I watched uh, Derek Lewis in his heavyweight fight, and, and I can't remember the guy he fought. It was a Swedish fighter that uh, when I watched it, it, it seemed obvious to me that Lewis had lost two out of three rounds, and yet he had the decision. I think it was unanimous, if I'm not mistaken. It was a, it was a rough night for judging. But after the fight, Joe Rogan, who I have a ton of respect for because of his knowledge of, of mixed martial arts, he was kind of alluding to the fact that you, when the UFC started, they the, the way they scored now, they, they pretty much took the boxing scoring system from them. And he thinks that there should definitely be some changes made uh, as far as scoring goes. What they are, he didn't go into detail, but he said that a lot of these guys that are scoring are really untrained when it comes to knowing mixed martial arts, and they're, they're just kind of doing their own eye test thing. Whereas, you know, in boxing, these guys have, you know, boxing's been around a lot yeah. longer and it seems like it's probably easier to score. You know, there's always controversy in that as well. Not, not saying that, you know, boxing's a perfect system. But one of the things he mentioned would be a possible, like a scoreboard system where everyone can see what the judges are scoring round by round. So if you know, if everybody knows that Jones is down, you know, three round or two rounds to one after three, and he has no choice but to win these last two rounds. That, that could add another level of excitement, where you know the fighters, knowing that they're down, have a little bit more desperation as, as to you know getting done in the late rounds. I thought that would be a very interesting change when it comes to UFC. I think that would add a, a level of excitement that's you know if you're if you're especially in these three round fights, if you know you've lost rounds one and two. You got to go get a knockout. So you can't sit and say, oh, I thought I was ahead in that. Well, if you knew you were not ahead, then now you have a different fight in round three or in the championship round. So I think that'd be a really cool addition. I hope that's something that the UFC governing body, you know, thinks about. Yeah. Did you, uh, you didn't see Chaos Williams beat the brakes off that boy in the preliminary fights? No, I missed that. Oh, man. He just, he just, 
he just punched him. He just. Huh. He's a whooping, uh, huh? Breathe. Yeah, I, feel, I feel you were excited about that knockout. It's it's the way, like, okay, he was <laughs> like he was punching and he was punching and he kept on punching and then Alex Morano he started flailing and was trying to like punch back and he couldn't hit nothing and just Williams just, bat, 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 just on him like flies on you know what and then got him in the cage and warmed down some more and then. That was it, and I was like, okay, yeah, the man they call chaos. Gotcha, yeah, he knocked that guy. He 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 beat the price of that guy. Uh, Twenty-seven seconds into the first round, as mentioned, Valentina Shevchenko advances to nineteen and three. She wins on punches in round three, and she beats Caitlin Chukagain. That might be her name. I might be uh botching it. And Juan Adams, oh, Juan Adams, this might be it for him in the UFC, man. It might be, hey man. Take her act Bellator as he gets beat, defeated by Justin Taffa and anything. Yep. And Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis beat the Swedish guy, Ilya Latifi. Yeah, Latifi. Latifi. Yeah, Latifi. Yeah, yeah, yeah Latifi. Yeah. Um, yeah, Derek Lewis, a.k.a. Mr. My Balls is hot. But anyway, wow. um, and that, uh, B-Live, you got anything to say about UFC 247? I, I one question, one question, because, um, I like what um Sky D was saying about the um scoring system. They only have one one concern about that. When like who's not in these um fighters' corners that aren't able to see that for themselves? I mean, you've got to have somebody on your squad that's looking at the fight and be like, "Hey, bro, you're down two rounds. I'm watching." Well, they they do that. If you ever watch between. And, and even Jones Corner the other night, you know, they put a camera on these guys as they're between rounds. And his corner was saying to him, I think we need this last round. We need this yeah. round. You got to have this round. But but you don't know what the judges are, you know. I mean, a perfect example is that Derek Lewis fight is, you know, everyone in the building thinks that, you know, Derek Lewis has lost two rounds where he, he hasn't. But if you have that visual that you already know what has been scored, then that that provides another level of excitement where you're like, okay, well, the judges didn't like me in that last round. I'm going to have to give them something different this round. The corners are, are always looking for that, but they don't, they, don't they, know they can't. Yeah. They, they don't know what the judges are going to, or they're going to do. That's why Dana White always says, don't leave it to the judges, you know, go out and I finish. Just, but I wondered, I wondered like just for transparency reasons, like, because I think with boxing and MMA, um, combat fighting, any, any of those sports, is that the eye test means more than any other sport. Like, you hear the eye test when it comes to college football. But when it comes to judging and mixed martial arts and boxing, the eye test is everything. What exactly are the judges looking for? Are you looking for... Well, that's, that's, that's part of what Joe Rogan was, was pointing out, you know, are, are enough judges taking into account leg kicks and body strikes as opposed to just, you know, getting smacked in the face? And how much weight does a takedown carry? You know, Jones the other night took this guy down several times but did zero with it. So uh, you, you take into account the fact, yes, he took him down, but then do you say, well, Ray is strong enough that he countered that and had no damage done to him? You know, there's there's a lot of different things to look at other than just, it being black and white is takedown. Yeah, I'm going to give him uh, the edge on this round just because he took him down. There's a certain skill that has to be, you know, looked into and considered 
when a big guy like Jones, you know, a legendary fighter takes you down and he can't do anything to you. You know, Reyes, the fact he powered right back up out of that. Jones had no control. I mean, he never took him down, never did any ground and pound, never, never got into the guard or anything. It was just strictly take, take down right back up. So there's a lot of things to consider that's, you know, more than just the eye test. It's what is your eye looking for and how should right. it be scored? And that's what Rogan is, is trying to press for is that we need some more sophisticated scoring. I, that's, that's what I, I took from what he was and saying. I, and, I, and I definitely see that. And because I've seen, I've seen fighters that have, like that perform better on their back. Like I've seen. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So yeah. it was like one of those things, yeah, you might have gotten taken down, but something like, hey, this is sort of like where I want him to be at. Yeah, I got him where hit, I want him. Hit him with a submission, be able to control from the ground and everything like that. So I I think there should be a little bit more transparency when it comes to the scoring. I do agree with you with that. I unfortunately did not get to see any of the fights. So I definitely left it to my, my two bros to handle that. But yeah, I just, um, I'm going to catch the next one. Because what is it? The last, um, the last style bender is um, in style bender. Yeah, style bender is yes. coming up here soon. That is my dude. I love, I love watching them fight. So I'm not missing it. Uh, I might miss it because I might be at work. <laughs> but I mean, you know, see what a hat. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Moving on. He probably will have it on TV at work, so you know, but he like, yeah, let me go ahead and click, turn his TV on, and watch his hair fight, and uh, go on about my business like it is what it is. Last time I did that, I got in trouble from the higher ups. Ooh, what are you, what are you doing in the office? Be live. Um, um, yeah. Um, what happened? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. On the next episode of What Happened Wednesday, <laughs> be live. What are you doing? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> 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 All right, and that's it for UFC 247 Talk. John Jones showing us why he's still the champion, even though he eked out a W. And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Thanks once again to the wonderful and lovely Miss Button to the introduction to our favorite segment, as woman said, choices of the voices. You heard what she said. She's telling the truth. This is our favorite segment because it gives us, the hosts, a chance to interact with our listeners. And of course, you know how we do this. We correspond with you back and forth on our Facebook like page. And check us out, Facebook slash the Sports Bros Podcast. And uh, be like, we got like, what, 824 likes at this moment? Might be more than that. Oh, we're, we're up to 870. Oh man, I've been sleeping. Ooh, we I've been sleeping. <laughs> we've been we've been we've been moving. Yeah. And man. I'm about to um break out another little um media blitz creek and invite some more people because I I want us to be close to a thousand come anniversary time. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I think I think it can be done. I think it could be done because at the time I checked, I was eight twenty four. That was very recent. So, um, yeah, to go from 824 to 875, yeah, we're getting there. We are getting there. All right, Scotty D, what's the question for this week's version of the Choices of the Voices? All right, so we were talking basketball last week, and we asked who would win in a two-on-two contest between prime Shaq and Kobe 
against prime LeBron and Anthony Davis. And uh, while we're on the topic of Kobe, before we get into it, shout out to Spike Lee for that Kobe tribute outfit he wore to the Oscars on Sunday. A lot of people were kind of making fun of him, man. I thought it was pretty dope, to be honest with you. I thought it was kind of cool, but I don't know if you guys saw that. or Did you see his outfit? No, I have to go look it up, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, a lot of people said he looked like a bellman wearing purple. <laughs> you know, Spike's a shorter guy. And, you know, and anyway, Spike. shout out to Spike. I, I give it to Spike for that, for for uh, for wearing the, the purple purple outfit and the tribute to Kobe at the at the Grammy or at the Oscars on Sunday. Anyway, so that's where we were at. Well, Shaq and Kobe against AD and LeBron. So uh, how'd that turn out? Eddie? Their prime. It did turn out pretty good. We got some good responses, man. Hey, man, it's like this. At the end of the day, Spike Lee is going to Spike Lee. What you going to do? <laughs> do the right thing is what you going to do. Oh, I'm on fire. Not all bad. right. So, all right. So here we go. To find out who's the best between prime Shaq and Kobe versus prime AD and the king, LeBron James. Uncle Max, he says, um, I don't know, but I pull for Shaq and Kobe. All right, Shaq Knight. That's that's one for Shaq and B Live. Keep tally. Mm-hmm. That's uh, keep tally B Live. That's one for Shaq and Kobe. He said he's pulling for him. He said he don't know, so that's undecided. You gotta you gotta decide, Uncle Max. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know, I don't know, but hey, hey safe answer. That's <laughs> safe answer. Then we got terrible Pete Talansky. He says to me, it's a no doubter. Shaq and Kobe would destroy LeBron and AD. All right, so that's very strong, that's, strong so, words. So okay. That's a strong one. That's one for them. He's also said LeBron is good, but to me, overrated. <laughs> I think Kobe would outplay him, and Shaq would just dominate AD. Yeah, Shaq put that big ass on AD, and then you know he just move him out the way. He move him out the way. <laughs> I can't argue that. Uh, let's see, uh, Trey Duke. Uh, in his words. Uh, Shaq and Kobe in their prime would not beat LeBron and AD in their primes. He said you can't compare current LeBron to prime Shaq and Kobe. He said it would be a great matchup, but LeBron is a better player than Kobe and Shaq. Although I love Shaq, he's my favorite NBA player of all time. AD could not post up on Kobe and LeBron could could post up on Kobe and run by Shaq, so could AD too. Uh, too much speed between the two. Right. He gave us appreciate that in depth analysis. Yeah, he did. You know, even though I almost botched it, but I got it. I got it. Appreciate it, Trey Dizzle. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. He, he basically saying that AD and LeBron could post up on Kobe, and AD and LeBron could run by Shaq. So yeah, hmm, interesting analysis, sir. Yeah. Interesting analysis, but you know they won't come up in that. They won't come up in that paint against Shaq, you know, and body him up because you know what'll happen. Put that ass on him, just like I said. Uh, Big Kenny, what's going on, Big Kenny? Big Kenny said uh, Shaq and Kobe, bar none, just Shaq and Kobe. Okay. Kirk Jennings said Shaq and Kobe as well too. All right. Top fan Mike Canole said in pickup or in NBA Jam. <laughs> He said, it's Kobe's and Shaq 99 games out of 100. He said, in pickup, it'll be like a 21 to 8 average score in NBA Jam. Oh, my. We're talking 165. Laugh out loud. 
See, I'm gonna need um, I'm gonna need somebody that develops video games or do a simulation or something. Actually, make the game, remake NBA Jam to have this option because I think that would be enough. I would play the game. I would buy the game just for this matchup. I like the NBA Jam reference. He's heating up. He's on fire. Yes, I love it. I want to play it right now, actually. And now I'm sad again. Okay, cool. I'm good. I'm good. All, right. <laughs> All right, and that's what we got for um, – that's what we got, fellas. That's what we got. So, Scotty D, you being a Lakers fan, you seeing every – all the players – I mean, all of them. What do you think? Well, I heard, uh, like I said, as I explained last week, this was not an original question from me. This is what was being discussed on ESPN. And uh, I think even Shaq and Kobe were chiming in on it at the time. And I think the best answer I heard was, I think it was Bomani Jones. I want to say it was that High Noon show that he has. Mm -hmm. Uh, I forget his partner's name. They were Uh, talking about it. Pablo Yeah. Okay, so one of those guys on there said Shaq and Kobe because Kobe wouldn't let them lose. And I thought that is probably the best way to to decide this one because it's not as black and white as Shaq would just dominate AD and Kobe is better than LeBron. Because I I have to admit, I didn't realize how well-rounded and how good of a player Anthony Davis had developed into until I was watching him this year. Obviously, as a Laker fan, I've seen him play much more than I ever saw a Pelicans game. But this dude can shoot from all over the floor. He has a a wider skill set. So he would have to, you know, he'd be a problem for Shaq to guard. He's more athletic than Shaq. He's probably a little bit faster and skilled. Shaq would still dominate and, and like you said, move move him out of the way with his big ass until he'd get down and be able to dunk on him. I think it wouldn't be as easily one-sided or you know as just Shaq and Kobe are better but I do think that overall Kobe is a better all-around Kobe in his prime is the is well better than LeBron in his prime I think it'd be the kind of thing if they would play 20 times Shaq and Kobe would win probably 13 of them you know I think that if there was something that went back and forth that LeBron and AD would get a couple wins if it was like a a series kind of thing but I think overall it's got to be Shaq and Kobe and and it's mainly based on Kobe taking the edge. If it came down to it and he had to do a pull-up jumper to win it, you know, uh, I'd, I'd put my money on him to hit that. So that, that's that's how I would go. And that's what I thought, you know, sadly before Kobe died. I, you know, I, I think – I don't think these answers were swayed as much by that as I was expecting them to be. I really just think that's how people would, would have voted regardless. What say you, B-Live? I – I'm going to say something unprecedented. Oh, you're sorry? What? 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 No, no, no. That's, that's not, not, no, no. No, we'll never hear that. Okay, go ahead. Continue. No. I, I will say that I'm wrong, but me being sorry? Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, okay. that's not what I do. But what I was going to say that is unprecedented is that. I agree with Trey Dizzle. Oh Lord, no! Let me look. Let me look outside. No wonder all the snow is melting off my grass today. I knew something was going on this morning. I agree one hundred percent with his analysis. 
as much as everybody wants to be nostalgic right now about Kobe, and I get it, absolutely. There's no reason to doubt or say anything bad about the man. The man was a beast, dominant, mama mentality. What you said about Bombani Jones today, Kobe wouldn't allow them to um, lose. Uh, not so much. Hey, it's been many years that Kobe couldn't um, take them Lakers to the top True. of the mountain. Just saying. Just saying. I mean, Kobe only has two rings without Shaq. So, I mean, it was sort of plays into the argument. But AD and LeBron are faster than Shaq. AD and LeBron are bigger than Kobe. Yeah. They both can play they both can play that role. Shaq would end up being out of place in majority of that game. Cause Shaq can Shaq will dominate the paint. And guess where the game wouldn't be played? In the paint. In the paint. I'm just saying, he would have to come out the paint to guard AD on the perimeter. And God forbid he if he actually ended up having to guard LeBron. LeBron has been all defense. Um, first team five times, so he's no slouch on defense. I think he would, I mean, give um, Kobe some trouble. It's absolutely AD and LeBron all day because you we're talking two on two. Now, on a five on five matchup, then it would easily be Shaq and Kobe because they, there's been, I don't think there's been a duo that's been more dominant in a five on um, five versus five setting than Shaq and Kobe. And I'm even talking about better than Jordan and Pippen. Jordan and Pippen have gotten more rings because they they, they just had a longer tenure with mm-hmm. each other. If Shaq and Kobe played longer together, oh, the, the sky would have been the limit. So, I mean, I think Shaq and Kobe were more dominant than Jordan and Pippen. Well, hey, let, let me just throw this at you, though, B-Live, and this is what uh, I think gets up, forgotten a lot. Kobe Bryant was a an absolute volume scorer like like we've never seen. You know, he, his, his game, when it came to the offensive, offensively, was similar to Jordan's. He studied Jordan's moves and did a lot of those same kind of uh, pull-up jumpers, fadeaway jumpers, that kind of stuff. But it's forgotten a lot how good he was defensively. In, oh, yeah. in in his youth, man, he was a he was you know nothing short of a lockdown defender. He didn't often get asked to guard the best player on the other team because those Laker teams had Robert Ory and Rick Fox, who were very very good defenders at the time. So Kobe didn't get looked at as a defensive player. But what does LeBron do a lot of time? Drives to the hoop and then passes it. Mm-hmm. So that I could see in that in that two on two, him trying to drive by Kobe, Shaq closing him, him passing. Now you're forcing AD to make shots from the outside, which he can do, but I don't know that LeBron would just dominate Kobe by just taking him to the rim, and whereas Kobe would be able to hang with him. I, I think he might be a little bit – I mean, his physical size was a little bit bigger than Kobe's, but um, I, I don't see there being much of an advantage in them when it comes to those two as one-on-one. But, and, and I'm not saying that LeBron would dominate Kobe. I just think – I think the size, I mean, he would post him up a little better. Kobe Bryant does have 12 all-defensive um, selections. So, I mean, Kobe, just by by stats alone, is a better defender than LeBron. 
So, I mean, I, I give that edge, but you just really, you've got to look at the size difference. Kobe, what, 6'6", six, six, LeBron 6'9". Six, yeah. Like, yeah. that that's, that, like, in real life, Kobe wouldn't be guarding LeBron. I think the only person that's actually, but then again, I mean, it's a possibility because, I mean, did, um, did Kawhi guard LeBron a lot during the, um, I don't think he did. I don't think Kawhi, so. Kawhi, you talking about last year? Um, just in, in general. 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 Oh, yeah. He, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying because Kawhi is what six five, or is he a little bit bigger than that? I'm not sure. He probably. I almost. I'm not sure the exact remember. size. I I I agree. With, I I see all your points, Beloved. I was just trying to throw out there and give you reasons why why you were wrong. But uh, that was. But I. But you couldn't do that. <laughs> no, I did. I did. I, I, I very convincingly did. No, you did. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I did. But that's okay. We, you know, it's Valentine's week, and I love you. Yeah, love hey, you too. Where and, is the love? And, of, and and of course, people are going to side with you because they've already shown it in the choices of the voices. And I'm just glad to say that they're wrong. And trade, 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 trade. Don't 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 run don't do, don't run too far with this, because me and you don't agree on a lot of things. <laughs> but I will I will one hundred percent on the air back your argument, and it's a very valid argument, and we are right, and everybody else. Is okay, wrong. well then let's hear from Eddie Cool. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I I thought long long and hard about this one because automatically my my like defect my answer was going to be Shaq and Kobe. The reason I picked Shaq and Kobe was because okay, I we we you know we've all gotten a healthy portion and not a sample size. So I took that over with AD and LeBron, you know, we didn't get a you know a sample portion. We're getting a you know, we're getting an entree. We this is what they do and and the same thing can be said about the other tandem. So it's like, hmm. Which one is which? One thing we uh, uh, uh. So you're saying we haven't seen those two play together long enough really to be able to formulate a, a good answer. Is that kind of where you were? No, thinking? it's just a, like if you look at like each player individually and what they've done. Because think about it, what Shaq has done in um, Orlando and then what AD done in um, in New Orleans. But now they're with a, you know, a complimentary piece, so to speak. It raised their game to, you know, it raised Shaq's game to a different level and it raised um, – AD's getting to a different level too, so now we see the option jail. But I mean, either either way, if if they, if 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 Kobe and um, if if AD and I'm sorry, if AD and um, LeBron only play for 15 minutes, I'm pretty sure they can bond together. You know, make make things happen. But it's just there, there's so many factors, like you guys said, man. Um, from a size standpoint, um, Kobe. I mean, LeBron and and AD would give Kobe trouble because you got a damn because you got a damn near seven footer and you got a guy that's like what six six eight six nine, two hundred fifty pounds. A guy with some body on him that's gonna move him around. You know, you know can bump him up and move him around a little bit. And then the real match would be between Shaq and AD. I mean, it would be like you know a bull versus a very tall frail giraffe. But still, though, I mean, the guy's skilled. AD has when he's healthy, he's one of the best in the league. I will say that. When he's healthy, full strength, and got some help, he's one of the best of the league. So, ooh. So, in other words, Shaq and Kobe. All right, thanks, Eddie. Cool. We appreciate you. What? <laughs> Let the man finish his I'm thinking, uh, <laughs> I am 
I'm kind of, I'm, you got- know what? I'm with Uncle Max on this one. Oh, you will not. Yes, I will. No, no, no. You, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> nope, you're not, you are not getting away that easy. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Yeah, I see, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to back your way out. Yeah, we appreciate you jumping on our side on this one, Eddie. Cool. Thank you. Oh, wow. I, I already wrote it down on the paper. That's no, yeah. It- I'm picking Shaq and Kobe. I'm picking Shaq and Kobe. Oh. I'm picking Shaq. I'm saying, man, I, 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 thought, oh. I thought long and hard about oh. it. Long and hard about it. Every possible <laughs> aspect and everything. Like, okay, this is, this, this, this. And I got a headache. So I was like, I'm doing Shaq and Kobe. <laughs> man, I'm going a, I'm to a say this. I am disappointed in you, hey, man, sir. You, but it's man. all right. You know why I'm disappointed? It's because. I'm going to say this on air. I think that Shaq and Kobe, if you're talking about a two-on-two matchup, I think they're the third best Laker tandem. Oh. I think I think Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would beat them two-on-two. That's very possible. They, 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 oh, they do them. They would do them. They would definitely, they would <laughs> definitely do them. Oh, man. I'm if you're looking at pure talent, you look at it skill-wise, and nothing is just not taking away from Shaq and Kobe at all, by no means. But I just think that just, yeah, I just think just LeBron and AD are just faster. And I think Magic and um, Kareem, I mean, Kareem, there is a reason why Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has the most points of all time. Yeah. The guy knows how to score, and this was without a three-point. Yeah. So, I mean, just he gets the ball, he scored, and Magic knows how to get you the ball. And Magic was no slouch when it came to scoring and when it came to defensive prowess as well. So, just, I'm just, I'm just well, I'd like to see that. I'd love to see that. Man. So, so, so yeah, and um, per be live request, uh, the makers of NBA Jam, it, it was a claim. A claim. I'm need y'all to make this happen. Make this. Right, we need to see it. We need to see it. <laughs> we need to see it. We need to see AD and LeBron versus Shaq and Kobe, and winner gets Magic and Kareem. Holla at your boy. You like that? I like. I like. You like that. I like. I like, like that. You like that. All right, and that's it for another Spirit Edition Choices of the Voices. But before we go, we would like to thank Uncle Max, Pete, Trey Dizzle, Big Kenny, Kirk Jennings, and Mike Canole for their participation in this week's Choices of the Voices. Next week's question, Scotty D, what we got? Well, since we are in the Valentine's Day love mindset, I thought we would have a little bit of fun with this one. And uh, this week, we want you to tell us, who is your sports crush? Like, who is who does it for you? And we're going to uh, limit this just to athletes. So I don't want to hear, like, Aaron Andrews, because I got dibs on her anyway, or, or studio analysts. <laughs> whoa, 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 or, whoa, whoa. But you know what? I'll let you. I'll let you have Aaron Andrews. But I'm gonna tell you this right now, T Mac. I'm coming for you. You can't be looking at my Rachel Nichols like that. I'm gonna <laughs> right. All right. Now. So we'll we'll save that topic for another day. But uh, we're, we're asking for actual actual competitors. Like, who is your crush? And you can tell someone who's active now and maybe in the all time. Um, you're an all time crush. Like if if you were growing up and you saw an athlete that that you were like crushing on as a teenager or as a young kid. And, you know, say who you want. If, if Trey Duke 
If you want to say Tony Romo, that's fine. We're okay with that. We're not going to judge your answers. We're just going to share answers. Yes, we are going to. We're going to just share. All right. That is judgment of the highest. (laughs) (laughs) We we are judging. (sighs) If you say Tony Romo, you're definitely getting judged. Everybody else, you're you're okay. All right. Well, that's who we're looking for. We're looking for, and, and, you know, guys, there's a, a lot more female athletes to, to choose from than I was thinking. You know, you know, there was Olympians and figure skaters and and uh, mixed martial arts. Now, there's a there's a, a lot. There's a big world of female athletes out there. But again, if you want to if you want to choose Tony Romo, then we're not going to judge. That's, that's going to be and, up and, to you. And, 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 and male athletes for our female list. That's yes, right. Female. That's yes, right. yes, yes, yeah, ladies. Yeah. We would love for you to chime in on this as well, too, okay? We would love for you to chime in on next week's choices or the voices, aka the Can You Feel the Love edition of Choices of the Voices. Yes. <laughs> wow. And and also, I would like to another disclaimer. Whatever your preference is, you can do whatever you want. You will not be judged. That's right. It, except for That's traders. your business, baby. That's, That's your business. Right. Traders, we got to get you by law. <laughs> by law. We served up a softball and you didn't even hit it. Come on, man. <laughs> a few weeks ago. I'm like, are you serious? Where you at? <laughs> All right, they're giving me a go-home cue, but guess what? It's not going to be an ordinary version of Pepper. It's going to be an award-winning version of Pepper. We're not going to throw around a ball. We're just going to throw around a trophy or a glass jar. We're just going to pass it and just make like it's an award. But guess what? Welcome to the award-winning edition of Pepper. We got Three categories, kind of sort of rapid fire style, and I'll go ahead and get the first award out the box. And the award for stopping the juggernaut award goes to. They should make these easier. <laughs> it goes to the University of Princeton as they end at Cornell University's 17 year run on the wrestling mat. That snaps a 92-match Ivy League win streak. A lot went on in 17 years. A couple presidents, a couple life-changing events, the invention of an iPhone and the progression of it. Yeah, a whole lot went on in 17 years. So the award goes to Princeton University, and I'll be accepting this award on their behalf. Over to you, Scotty D. All right. Well, this is exciting. Um, Speaking of exciting, my first Pepper Award for the most exciting offseason in baseball goes to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Hey! Yay. So while the Dodgers and Red Sox are talking about Mookie Betts and the Yankees signed Garrett Cole and Madison Bumgarner goes to the Diamondbacks, the Pittsburgh Pirates signed Andrew Susak and Charlie Tilson. Now, I'm particularly excited about Andrew Susak. He's a catcher. Um in 2018, he had a double. Uh, he's batting 221 in 113 games. But, man, I- I'm excited to get a guy that can hit a double. And uh, Charlie Tilson in 96 career games, he's batting 246. So, Clint Hurdle's gone, but the angst in Pittsburgh is still real. I, 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 can't, even, I can't even stand baseball season. All right, we haven't even got pitchers and catchers there yet. Oh, wow. Be live. What kind of award do you got over there? All right, all right. I get to present an award 
And the award for mentioning my pepper points early goes to the money man, Scotty. Well, thank you. I'd like to thank you all those who made this possible. Uh, Eddie Cole for getting me on the air and and be live for uh, for throwing a fit each week. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm glad to accept. You okay, listeners? Let me let me help you out real quick. Oh God! When it comes to our pepper points. We don't normally publish our pepper points. We sort of, it is rapid fire. We we think about it, but we don't really publish it to each other. So sometimes, like, um, Eddie Cool's good about it. He will let us know what he's going to say. But then me and Scott, we never really communicate like that. So mine <laughs> come, sometimes mine come off the dome. This time I said, all right, two weeks in a row, Scotty D has managed to talk about my stuff early. So this time, I'm actually going to show him what I'm going to talk about on my pepper points. And his first pepper points, he wants to mention about the Dodgers and the Red Sox and what they're doing. <laughs> Let me get my pepper points. I mentioned it. I didn't say anything about it. Just because I said something. Just because I said the right. Be like, you still got a fighting chance. It didn't blow the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I oh, said I, I, Jeez, so my, my Pepper Award goes to finally getting a trade right, and it goes to the Dodgers and the Red Sox. Yay! Because they're, they're, the first trade that they tried to put together was a three-team trade. I do believe that the Dodgers were trying to sneak in this um, pitcher that just came off of Tommy John surgery, and so he might not be all the way no, not um. I can't remember his name. I I had it, and I okay. that, but it was it was part of the reason why the trade talks sort of went went south a little bit. But they reworked the trade, and they finally got it right. Mookie Betts and um, Price going to the Dodgers, and they had um. I, I believe the guy's name is um Jeter Downs. He's a okay. young prospect. Okay. Um, from the Dodgers that is going to the Red Sox. And the fact that I said Jeter Downs is because he got named after Derek Jeter of the Yankees. So I'm assuming his parents are Yankees fans and he's now playing for the Red Sox. So I think that's funny to me. And on top of that, the Red Sox are paying for half of David Price's remaining $96 million contract. Ooh. So that I guess that was part of the deal. Like, hey, hey, hold on, player. We're not, we're not picking up the whole tab. You're going to have to go in on half at least. So, but it all got worked out. Mookie Betts is now a Dodger, and the Dodgers are a win-now situation. Eddie Cool, the trophy. Clayton Kershaw still a bum, but you know what? After this whole cheating scandal, I just might take that back. Keyword, might. <laughs> Thank you, be live for passing me this nice, wonderful trophy. Fingerprint feet free. You got your white gloves on. Yes. Really appreciate it. And the winner of the What the Hell Are You Doing During Trade Talks Award goes to... This is no surprise. The Houston Rockets, as they trade big man Clint Capella to the Hawks. What in the hell are you doing? 
Small ball ain't going to get you nowhere. You got to be tall to play basketball. Don't forget you got James Harden, who go one for 59 on any given night. And then you got one for 59. (laughs) And then you got Westbrook doing Russell Westbrook stuff. That's the reason why Houston Rockets will never, ever win the damn championship. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And if I'm right, oh, you're here about it. So here you go, Dan, Tony, and them. You really deserve this award. What the hell are you doing? Over to you, Scotty D. All right. So uh, my award, my pep award for the best legendary coach who would hate coaching millennials goes to Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight returned to Indiana this past Saturday for the first time in 20 years. Back in uh, 20 years ago, whenever he was back in Indiana, uh, he was given a no tolerance policy for putting his hands on players. He supposedly choked one of his players. And then he had an incident uh, with one of the fans and he was out and left very bitter, vowed never to return again. Even said he would never go back as, as late as 2015 in an interview, but he softened. And from a report that I heard from a, a reporter in Indiana that his health may be failing. Maybe Bobby Knight just felt like it was time to get back and bury the hatchet and, and go back home. So I think him and his wife even bought a, a, a place in Indiana uh, last summer. So it was actually, I was never a Bobby Knight fan. I, I can't say that I, I liked his style and the way he spoke to the reporters. I thought he was a little bit rough old school, but he would never make it today. He would never, ever be able to put up with today's young players. So Nope, he would not. <laughs> no, not at all. No, he'd never be able to do that. He would never be able to throw chairs and tantrums and kick and yell and make fun and uh, the old school way. You know, that, that that style of coaching seems to be gone forever. But uh, so Bobby, Bobby and I would have a hard time with millennials. But um, it, it was a good I think it was good that the uh, he came full circle and returned to Indiana this past Saturday. So good for Robert Montgomery Knight, the general. Over to you, B-Live. All right. My second pepper award for the dumbest special team play ever goes to Steve Boharnay. Hope I got his name correct. <laughs> the legendary so, Steve Boharnay. <laughs> oh, wow. So, Marquette King, I don't, I'm I'm pretty sure you guys remember him, his name. He was a punter for the um, um, Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders. He's now mm-hmm. playing in the XFL. Woo! And he another put, one. And he put together a beautiful punt with a very nice lucky bounce. Bounce within the one yard line. And all the, all special teams players, they know all they, what they're supposed to do is just to down the ball, have them on like the one inch line. No, not Steve Boharnay. He just comes running in like a bat out of hell, knocks <laughs> the ball into the end zone for a touchback. And a touchback in the XFL is not the 20 yard line, it's the 35 yard line. That was a 34 and a half yard mistake. What are you doing? And what makes it even better? Guess who gets to <laughs> interview him after he does such a boneheaded play? Who interviews him? Nobody but the great punter himself, Pat McAfee. Just, <laughs> just 
ironing at its best. What are you doing? What happened? Eddie Cool, the award, the trophy. I can't believe you stole my pepper point about Steve Boharne. See, you did it right back to me. No, you no, not did not. <laughs> Lies. Wrong. Eddie right. Cool, your 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 turn, buddy. All right. And the award goes to for the We Here Now moment goes to Is this kid too? Anyways. Okay, here, here we go. Got there. I got I, I got it, man. You know these awards, you know the, how these award ceremonies are. You yeah. struggle with the paper and try to open it. Wow. Trying, to the, trying to get the real award feel. You, you almost went Steve Harvey on us right there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch your ass like, <laughs> You ain't winning no award. All right. And the award for the We Here Now recipient goes to Austin Pro. You may ask who in the world is Austin Pole is. Well, the last name should sound familiar because he is the son of wide receiver, NFL, former NFL wide receiver Ricky Pole. What did Austin do? He scored the first touchdown in the new XFL for the Seattle Dragons, but they lost, so it don't matter. So, Scott, for a trivia answer for the future, who scored the first touchdown in the new XFL? Austin Pole. Yep. Yep. Austin Pro did it. All right, let me. Okay, will the, will the XFL make it to your trivia shows, sir? Hmm. Uh, probably not. <laughs> Just as a filler question, you never know. You might get bored. My guy, here's a question. All right, Scotty D, over to you. All right, my final word of the ceremony goes to the biggest sporting event that I don't give a damn about, oh. and the winner is. The Daytona 500 <laughs> car racing coming up on Sunday. And I tell you, I'm not watching it, and I don't wish to speak about it on this show. I know we got a couple of NASCAR fans out there. I think Matty Ice is a car race guy, and a couple of you might like it, but not on my show. Sorry. Be live. Don't dispute <laughs> me. Over to you. <laughs> Don't dispute you. That's what I do, and I do it all so well. <laughs> and um, so you're saying that you might be watching the XFL on Sunday instead of I might be. I might mm-hmm. be. <laughs> Poll time. <laughs> what will Scotty D be watching on Sunday? Daytona 500 versus XFL. Wow. Daytona 500. The next poll on the Sports Bros Podcast Facebook Live. Oh. <laughs> Nah, we should make you it. go live. We should make you go live as you watch it. Oh, all right. So I'm actually I'm gonna throw in an audible. I'm actually gonna switch up my pepper point on the fly because I believe this deserves a much bigger pepper point award. And my pepper award for not talking about politics on this show, but I'm going to do it anyway because I like breaking the rules because I think it's actually interesting, but it really isn't politics, goes to Donald Trump endorsing that Pete Rose, his punishment comes to an end and that he'll be allowed to go into the Hall of Fame. Will that be the final stroke of what Pete Rose need um, needs to be reinstated. 
We shall see. But I was, I saw that story and I was like, hmm, interesting indeed. So maybe a presidential pardon will get him into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> hmm. I'm not, not too shabby, if I can say so myself. Hey, I think that, Eddie, cool, that might be a good poll question to put up next week. You got to our listeners, they think Pete Rose should or should not be reinstated. That could be something cool to, to put out there. Poll time two. Do you think Pete Rose should be reinstated into baseball? Yes or no? <laughs> hey, that's a good one. I never thought about that, man. That's a good one. But uh, yeah, a presidential pardon, uh, that would be the first, and that is definitely interesting. All right, fellas, did we give out all the hardware, all the awards gone, all the con smites and the uh, Lady Bean trophies gone? Everything's gone. We're good to go. Hockey reference. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. All right. And with that being said, before we leave, we always want to let you know how you can get in contact with us here at the Sports Bros Podcast. And Scotty D, you go first. How can the people reach you? Reach out to me on Facebook. I'm looking for my Valentine this week. So if you're one of our guy listeners, tell your girlfriend, send me a Valentine on Facebook. Um, I'll be at Booyah's on Monday doing trivia at Bowie's in North Myrtle Beach every Monday at 6 p.m. at Wild Wing Cafe, 6.46 p.m. on Wednesday evenings. Come see me. Be live. Talk to them. Uh, I'm going to talk to him real quick. Did you just try to break up a happy home? Yeah, Ooh. man. Collecting Valentine's. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it sounded like. Always and forever. Yeah, yeah. Heatwave, baby. Scotty D. <laughs> <laughs> He's Mr. Steel, yo, girl. That's exactly uh, what I'm <laughs> Hey, it's Mr. Steel, girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Check me out. Yo. You can find me in St. Louis. With my my bad. I can't with the Battlehawks. With the Battlehawks, you got a reason to go to St. Louis. You get to see the Battlehawks. <laughs> I can't help it. But check it out. You can find me um, at Max Speed Shop, forty two North McPherson Church Road here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where on this Saturday we're going to have Singles Awareness Day. We're going to be celebrating those people that do not have Valentine's. So on the 15th, we'll have live music, drink specials, snacks, and the XFL. What a better way to show who gives a crap about Cupid than to see dudes in helmets beat up on each other. On the social media side of things, you can find me, your boy, Be Live, the Almighty One. You can check me out on Facebook, my, my government name. I'll give you that, Brian Livingston. You can check me out on Instagram or Twitter. Instagram would be this be your boy. Instagram and Twitter are both this be your boy be live. No I at the beginning. So T H S B E Y A B O Y B L I V E. Yes, sir. You can find us, the Sports Bros Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, this is um, find us at Sports Bros Podcast. On Twitter, you can find us at Sports Bros Podcast. If you have any comments, questions about the show, you can always email us at sportsbrospcast at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel. It's, um, we're um, still working on that as well. Um, Sports Bros Podcast on YouTube. We're going to be looking into loading parts of our show onto YouTube so you can um, find us there as well. Um, 
definitely we encourage you to check us out. Um, check out our previous um episodes on Apple Podcasts. Um, Apple Podcasts they um do a um, great job with analytics and everything. So it definitely helps us get on the map more. The more views and more um people visiting us, that definitely helps us out in growth and everything. Um, thanks to our new um. Um, to our um, people that just recently followed us and liked us on our Facebook like page, we're up to 873 likes, and we have 884 people that follow the page. So we greatly appreciate that, and we're looking to grow every single day. So appreciate those that listen to hear us out. Man, we truly enjoy this. This is my favorite part of the week, every week, talking with my two bros. Can you feel the do not? Yes, sir. Do not. And um, music people, please don't sue us. We ain't got nothing to give you but some good <laughs> lies and bad jokes, baby. That's all we got to give you for Valentine's Day. You can reach me, the HOC, in a brand new chair that's not squeaking to death. That's going to make the cut. Uh, <laughs> you can also reach me on my Facebook profile, Eddie Cool. Not my government name, but you get it. Uh, also, um, all the Sports Bowls podcasts, social media platforms that BeLive mentioned. Also, you can find me on Twitter at the Real Eddie Cool, and also I'm on Instagram, Cool Season, all one word. It's K W O L S E A S O N. And of course, if you do Snapchat and stuff like that, um, catch me on Snapchat, Super Cool Five Thousand. Ask some questions, do something, be funny. Um, ladies, do not send me anything for Valentine's Day because Mercedes is not going to kick my ass. Now, with that being said, there's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. And in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They will greatly appreciate it. It's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Every day, oh. love me your own, own special, special way. way. Oh, all my heart. Cute, cute credit. Cut. Cut. With a smile. Cut. Take time roll, to tell me. Roll credit. You. Okay. Bye, y'all. Yes, sir. Happy Valentine's Day. Y'all take care. <laughs>